and welcome to the To Mom podcast. My name is Valerie Propsfeld. Please join me as we encourage mothers to live their verb while also practicing self-grace. The goal of this podcast is to promote love as an action and live life more authentically. Just think about it. In five generations from now, you will have approximately 30 descendants and the number keeps getting larger and larger. We have more power as moms than we realize. Motherhood, in my opinion, is the most important job in the world. Hey everybody, I am thrilled to have my guest here with me today, Erica, otherwise known as the Burned Out NP. Erica is a nurse practitioner, and if you're a nurse practitioner, this is a must listen. She created the Nurse Practitioner Charting School because she discovered that charting is the number one cause of work-life imbalance and nurse practitioner burnout. Nurse Practitioner Charting School, which you can access at nursepractitionerchartingschool.com, is a one-stop for all documentation resources. It helps you chart accurately, efficiently, ensure proper billing and coding, and ultimately will allow you to feel confident with documentation as a nurse practitioner. Erica, it's an absolute pleasure. Welcome. Thank you for that introduction, Valerie, and thank you for everything that you do for moms. I know as we'll get into being a mom, especially a working mom is very difficult. So I love that you have that support and resources for them. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love to support moms however I can. And I know that you're a mom as well, Erica. Is that right? Yeah, I have two boys, ages nine and six. So fun. Yes, they are so fun. My three kids are constantly running around. We were just talking before we were recording about Halloween and all the fun that the kids have. And I have my coffee now because I feel like I need to have some coffee after all of the chaos of this week. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Definitely keep us busy, huh? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So Erica, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to create the Nurse Practitioner Charting School. Yeah. So I am a family nurse practitioner currently working in a critical access hospital. I do primary care and then cover like the emergency room services as well. I'm a wife, a mom, like I said, and I previously was burned out and I was able to overcome that burnout. And I realized how many nurse practitioners were struggling with that burnout and lack of work-life balance. And so that's when I created the burned out nurse practitioner. Once I started, you know, coaching and talking with nurse practitioners, I realized that the number one cause of that burnout and work-life imbalance was charting because we have so much, you know, charting that we have to do, other tasks like addressing, you know, medication refills, documentation, um, the patient messages. There's just so much that we have to do and a lot of challenges within the modern healthcare system that kind of make it difficult for nurse practitioners to get their work done. So that's why I started the Nurse Practitioner Charting School, which is the one stop for all documentation resources. Um, I cover a lot of, you know, time management and charting tips, um, how to do billing and coding and legal issues with charting. Mm, That's wonderful. I remember 
So I don't actively see patients right now, but I'm still a nurse practitioner. I'm still certified. Um, but I remember when I was in it, in the, just that charting, like the sea of, like you're saying, like being pulled in different directions. There's so many things you have to chart. There's messages, refills. It's just like, I feel like I'm constantly being pulled everywhere. And how do you prioritize it? Sometimes I remember just sitting down and not even knowing where to start. Mm -hmm. And I can absolutely see that being a huge cause for burnout. How do you know, like, what are some of the symptoms of burnout? Like, how would you describe you feeling like and what others uh, report feeling like? Yeah. So for me, when I was going through burnout, um, I didn't even realize that I was burned out until one day um, on my lunch break. I was in like the um, room, lunch break room, and there was an article about compassion fatigue. And it kind of went through, you know, some of the signs of that. And I checked marked every single box. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, I'm burned out. Like, you know, I need to do some, make some changes um, to help overcome that burnout. So for me, it was like mental, physical, emotional exhaustion. Um, I just really felt detached from like my work, you know, from helping patients, um, detached from like my family. I wasn't showing up for them like I wanted to. And then just really kind of numb and just like detached from myself. And so that's what I hear a lot of nurse practitioners as well. They're just, you know, beyond overwhelmed. They're considering leaving healthcare altogether, they're just completely burned out and not really sure, you know, what to do or if there's any resources or help out there. Mm. Yes, absolutely. And there is so much of it. I feel like it's almost like an, an epidemic in our fields. There's just, we're all so burned out. And as nurse practitioners, I, we see you, we hear you, like it's a lot. It's so much. I think of it as that empty cup that you talk about of just, you can't pour from an empty cup. And how can we fill our cups up again? Like it's, and sometimes I don't even know how to do that when I'm that burnt out. It's like, I don't, I don't even know what to do at this point. So what would you recommend to kind of help with that time management part of it? Yeah, so I have a ton of charting and like time management tips. Um, but I just want to say, you know, as nurse practitioners, um, kind of like you alluded to, you know, when we are first starting out, we are used to charting like an RN. And so, you know, if you worked as an RN in a acute care, you know, hospital, um, you were with that patient for 12 hours a day and you charted, you know, every single thing that patient did. And so, um, you know, as nurse practitioners, I recommend to create problem focused notes. So get rid of some of, you know, the note bloat or some of that extra information. Um, just really focus on the specific, you know, chief complaint. Why is the patient coming in? Um, cutting out a lot of that fluff. Um, and another reason for that too especially starting out, you know, a lot of NPs feel like they have to cover their butts so they don't, you know, get into some kind of legal trouble. And they do that by like having very comprehensive detailed notes, um, 
which is not good from you know a legal perspective because if you were to mention something within the history of present illness that you did not address throughout the rest of your note i mean that doesn't look good you know from a legal side so mm. problem focused notes that's a huge one um, also I recommend using like smart phrases or dot phrases. So these are, you know, common, commonly used words or phrases that you continuously say over and over or are typing out over again and just creating, you know, that dot phrase or that smart phrase, um, that can definitely help save a ton of time. <laughs> and I do have a comprehensive list of smart phrases, which has access to 125 smart phrases already made, you can just copy and paste, you know, put them into your charting system and make any changes that, um, you know, might be specific to your practice. Mm. Can we find that on your NP charting school website yep. or your social media? Yep. Yep. It's linked to on both of those places. <laughs> Yeah. And if you look, because, you know, I always recommend nurse practitioners to kind of review other providers' charts. And so mm -hmm. um, your providers that are in like ER or ortho, you know, some of those specialty, their notes are very problem focused, like, you know, only yeah. related to that specialty. Um, and so for primary care, um, you know, if they come in for an acute visit, get those very problem specific. Um, if, you know, it's more of a chronic or a wellness exam, I mean, those notes are a little more detailed. Um, but if you put a lot of the work up front, like if you're seeing a patient to establish care or, you know, they were just admitted to the hospital, like those notes are a little more comprehensive. Um, but if you put a lot of that information in that initial note, then you can refer back to it and it's much quicker, much easier. You know, the next visit, it's more of just like a summary instead of that comprehensive detailed note. Mm. And I know every practice is different and every day sometimes an hour is different, but would you say overall, like, do you try to get into habit of doing it after every patient or, um, during lunchtime afterwards? Uh, what do you feel is like the best for, for flow of that? Yeah. So that's actually my favorite charting tip is to finish the note right after the patient encounter. And so, you know, I do chart, um, in the exam room, I'll put, you know, kind of the history of present illness, you know, write down some of the signs and symptoms that they had, that sort of thing. Um, sometimes I'll even just put like notes to kind of remind myself and then I'll go back and add more detail. Um, but yeah, as soon as I walk out of that exam room, I sit down at my desk and get the history of present illness, the exam, you know, if I ordered any medications or anything, um, I get as much of that done as I can. If I'm waiting for, you know, lab results or, you know, maybe if it was a little more complex patient, um, I'll kind of just put some flags to remind myself to come back. But I try a majority of the notes to get them signed as soon as you can. It helps so much with just your productivity, um, you know, your mental clarity that can really help when you sign that note off. You can just, you know, erase it from your mind. Um, a lot of nurse practitioners will struggle with that just because they feel like they're already running behind. You know, there's a waiting room full of patients. And I just tell them, you know, if you can take an extra one to two minutes, finish that note out, it's going to allow you to give all of your attention 
to that next patient, which will help you, you know, be more productive and just stay on time mm-hmm. during the day. Mm, that's a great point. I love that. Cause it's almost like setting boundaries with yourself of, for me, I think that it is hard when it's like, oh, the, this next person's waiting mm-hmm. and I need to get to them. But then reminding yourself that if you just take those few minutes, you will have more to give and you aren't going to have this, you know, all this mental th- stuff in your mind, um, kind of having, getting that focus away. Um, and it takes, yeah, it takes way less time, you know, when that information is fresh, when you can remember what the patient said, what their exam was, you know, what, um, medications you prescribed way less time to just put that information in the chart note then instead of, you know, at the end of the day, when you're tired, when you don't remember, you know, what the patient said. So, um, that can just really help. That's a big time management tip. Yeah. Yeah. We should put your program at nursing schools and nurse practitioner schools. <laughs> I know that's, so that's helpful. a whole nother topic because <laughs> yeah, I feel like I did not learn how to chart in nurse yeah. practitioner school. And then you get out into the real world mm-hmm. and you're like, what, like what's billing and coding? Yeah. Like what needs to go in a chart note? Like how can I protect myself legally? So yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I, I noticed that in my own schooling. And so that's another reason why I started the nurse practitioner school. That's amazing. I mean, I think that's such a great resource because I think a lot of us can relate to that. So sometimes like I write about soap notes in a general sense, because I think they're very interesting just in life. So a lot of times, like with burnout, we can use that as an example. Like we have, we can gather subjective and objective information of us being burned out where we can read those articles. We can say, oh yeah, I I feel those symptoms maybe for objective, like our family says, you know, you're just not like, there's something going on. Mm -hmm. You're just not acting like yourself. Yeah. 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 So that part, I feel like sometimes is, um, easier, maybe not easier, but like it's a different mindset than the assessment and the plan. So it's this assessment of, okay, I'm burnt out. Now here's my plan. What do I do with that plan? I have to fill my cup up. um, And I know everyone's different, but for me, it helps to get outside, especially now that it's getting darker earlier. I need to take a walk and get sunlight. That helps. Um, Exercise helps me. Are there any other things that you feel like can help us nurse practitioners um, fill our cup up so we can be there for the ones that, I mean, our patients matter, obviously, but also for, we, we, we need to be there for our family and for ourselves ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of others. And I know it sounds cliche, but that self-care is so important and you know, it, it can be specific to you. So if you're not big on, you know, exercise, maybe it's going out with a friend for lunch, um, or, you know, maybe just, learning the charting tips or doing the things so that you don't have to chart at home. So you can have more time, you know, with your family and, you know, just creating that better work-life balance. So you kind of have to, you know, figure out what that self-care, what filling your cup up looks like for you, and then make a point to do it. 
And I think, you know, if you can see the long-term benefits or even the short-term benefits, you know, you're going to feel better. You're going to be less stressed. You're going to have those stronger relationships with your kids or your spouse, um, acknowledging those benefits and then just making it a priority because we're, we're all so Mm. busy. I mean, our lives are just crazy busy. And if you're working full time, I mean, it's just a lot. And so it's never going to be perfect. Like you're never going to be completely balanced, but if you just start to do things, you know, one thing a day to just kind of shift that better balance to your personal life instead of Mm. all the stress from work. Hmm. Like the baby steps, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes for me, um, when like I'm running, I like to run. Sometimes are some days, some seasons are uh, easier than others. But when I start training again, I you, like you can't, you can't run like a marathon overnight. You just can't do it, and you have to do those type of baby step self care things. Like if that's maybe, I don't know, like just waking up a few minutes early to have that cup of coffee. Like today I did not get that time for myself and I did feel more frazzled Mm -hmm. where I'm like, okay, like the kids woke up, they all are trying to get to the Halloween candy that I thought I locked (laughs) up, but somehow they got the door open. (laughs) So you wake up all stressed and, but not, but not being like hard on myself though. And like just saying like, okay, how do I, focus again with like value lists. I find them online sometimes of like, what are your top five values? Is that something, um, you would recommend to kind of discover what it is that fills your cup up or, or what do you uh, feel like would be a good way to start that self-discovery process? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the first step is just taking that time, you know, to do those things, you know, to journal or just Mm -hmm. reflect on, you know, where your life is and then, you know, creating that vision, um, making sure you are abiding to those values or, you know, just taking the time, um, to just reflect on your own life and figure out, you know, what it is that you need to live a better life and just increase that overall happiness. Part of my story of how I got burnt out, um, well, I mean, I talk a lot about like my NICU and how I I focus on patient advocacy in previous episodes, and I think that's so important. But another thing for me was that I was too much of a perfectionist. Like I wanted to be there. I wanted to learn, but it almost, it. I mean, it did. It turned into OCD. Like I had to keep checking my charts making sure that, okay, well, did I write that good enough? And it like really, especially when I was more stressed, I could tell I spent more time doing that. And um, it it was hard to do. I mean, it was hard to kind of get out of that loop, I feel like. And it really burnt me Mm -hmm. out. Like I remember, like I had such great people I was working with, but I would drive to the parking garage and just cry in my car for five minutes, like not wanting to go inside because I just didn't know, like there was just so much anxiety. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had all the time. Um, I mean, a lot of this again is like taking that time and that's what I had to do. I had to take a step back. And um, what would you recommend like for people who like, do you ever hear anyone who has those type of experiences with like that anxiety and that perfection with charting? Oh yeah. Yeah. That is a big 
I don't want to say time waster, but yeah, I mean, you can put a lot of time and energy into making sure you have the perfect chart note. And so I think, you know, just kind of acknowledging it and trying to figure out, you know, is there an underlying reason? Um, Is it, you know, a fear, insecurity, imposter syndrome? You know, what is kind of driving that need to be perfect or, you know, to have the perfect chart note? And then also, you know, there's no such thing as perfect. And if you have a chart note and, you know, if something were to happen, you were to go to, you know, a malpractice case, like that lawyer is going to pick it apart no matter what. Like, even if it is the perfect Mm -hmm. chart note, like they're still going to find, you know, something wrong with it. And so, you know, I think doing your best, you know, creating a chart note that, um, is good, but like just throw perfect out of the window because nothing is ever perfect. Absolutely. I mean, I say it all the time with parenting and being a mom of like, I am an imperfect mom who loves. And I feel like with charting, it's like you're an imperfect nurse practitioner who cares and does and excels Mm but is it perfect? Like, I feel like Excel, like we're, we're so type A, a lot of us nurse practitioners and we want to, we want to get that A plus note, but yeah, I have yet to find like an award for, um, no, yeah. Like how well your note was. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even, you know, as the perfect mom, like, you know, I've struggled with that perfectionism mindset before. And then I kind of stepped back and I was like, my kids don't need me to be perfect. Like they just need me. Like they just want to spend time with me and, you know, give them my full attention and, you know, do something where I can interact with them and talk with them. And that's what it's really about. And so, I mean, same thing for, you know, charting, it's really the patient, you know, wants you, like they're coming to see you for that medical advice. And so, you know, if we put our stress on creating or put our attention on creating a perfect chart note, we're missing that, you know, interaction to help that patient. Hmm. That's such a good point. I I really, and I feel like when I look back on the patient side, when I was on the patient side, which I feel like I've been more on since I've been a mom, um, I, it is those like interactions that's most important. Like I don't care what they're writing really. And a lot of times, yeah, it's like, my gosh, like, I don't know, like that just stresses me out to even think about what they write. But what I care about is, are they present Mm -hmm. with me right now? I had one nurse practitioner that I was just having a lot of kind of um, traveling back in time with my mind of like Mm -hmm. NICU trauma. And I was not present, not present, not at all, like even paying attention to what she was saying to me. But she then said, it looks like you need a hug. And I remember like how that got me out of my mind and I'm yeah like, that, that's what you needed yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and really also too like I mean we've had some times where providers have um, made mistakes and it's it's very hard and we none of us want to make mistakes but the ones that owned that and like said I am so sorry. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know, like in the NICU, I remember in particular, there was um, an NP that said that and she mm-hmm. owned it with me. And I just, it, it 
Mm-hmm. It was different than if someone just kind of brushed it off and like thought only about like, you know, like the the charting aspect mm-hmm. of it. And and that brings me to like the whole like mom guilt of like working. And I I struggle with that because sometimes like I I want to be a stay at home mom, but then when I'm staying at home all the time, I'm like I don't want to be that. I want to be working. <laughs> and then I I like feel like I fluctuate back and forth, and it's never mm-hmm. enough. It's never good enough. Like. How would you recommend those kind of working with those feelings uh, for our listeners that may struggle with that as well? Yeah, so mom guilt's a big one. (laughs) Um, I've definitely struggled with that myself and still do, you know, from time to time. Um, But oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think first acknowledging, you know, is it something internally that you know you're feeling? um, You know, putting that higher standard or perfectionist mindset on yourself, um, or is it something external? So is it something you know a family member maybe said they don't agree with you working full time, or you know society they put so many. Um, parameters and and stress on moms, especially working moms. Um, so yeah, just kind of acknowledging where those feelings coming from, and then you know just realizing that quality time is way better than quantity time. So you know just having your full attention, putting away you know your phone, putting away anything, any distractions, and just giving that time to your child and, you know, just doing something fun and it doesn't have to be elaborate or expensive. Like some of the best memories I have with my kids are just, you know, something we're doing around the house and, and I have my full attention on them and they realize that, I mean, they pick up on that. That's what they want. They just want you. And so, um, yeah. And then the other thing I want to say about that is, I am working full time and, you know, I want my kids to see me work full time or to, to work towards something, you know, towards a goal to see mm-hmm. me work hard and, you know, have the satisfaction and, you know, the um, joy of, you know, achieving a goal or something. And so I feel like that's a good, you know, life lesson for them to learn too. Um, I don't want to, I like, I don't, mm work all the time. Like I'm not, you know, a workaholic. I do try to find that balance. Um, but you know, I'm teaching them so many life lessons just in those actions. Mm, yes. I, I agree with that because you, the kids learn so much of mm-hmm. what they see. And I love that because you're, they see how you're working, but you're also prioritizing mm-hmm. that work and you're not working mm-hmm. too much. So you're, you're working, you're creating that balance. And I, gosh, there's just, and, and really being a mom, there's no right or wrong. Like, you know, <clears throat> you know, what mm-hmm. works for you. Like, you know, you, when things are working and when mm-hmm. things aren't working and, I, I, I do, I struggle with that. Okay. Am I going to go back to work now or am I not? And, but at the end of the day, like whatever you decide is it's, it's what is best for you. Like for me, sometimes I think, oh, well, the kids are young. Um, like work will always be there. But then at the same time, like with my writing, it's like, well, I want to write about this. I want to capture this and I want to sit on my computer and do this. And that that may mean like putting a show on for them. If I, if this is filling my cup up and helping me be Mm -hmm. more present, having more of that quality 
as a, you know, as opposed to quantity. And just to mention, like on that, you know, self-care that we talked about, um, because I know that's a big one, you know, when you get home from work, you want to spend time with your kids, like you don't have any extra time to take care of yourself. Um, But you know, when you do, Mm. when you do that self-care, do the things to fill your cup, I mean, for me, I'm in a better mood, like I'm less stressed, I can give that, you know, more love and attention to my kids. Um, And so yeah, that's why self care is so important. Absolutely. Can we talk um, a bit about imposter syndrome? I think that's so prevalent in the nurse practitioner field and the healthcare fields. I know I've struggled with that. Is that something that a lot of us struggle with? Oh, (laughs) yes. Everyone. Like, there's even, you know, movie stars that come out and say, you know, they've struggled with imposter syndrome. And I've talked to new grad nurse practitioners. I've talked to NPs with 10 years experience. And, you know, they still have imposter syndrome. And so, yeah, that's something that you really have to acknowledge those negative thoughts or the limiting beliefs and then, you know, work to kind of overcome them to replace those negative thoughts with something positive. Um, Also, healthcare is ever-changing, and so there is no way that we will ever know all of the information. Um, You know, I think we have to know our resources, and I tell my patients, you know, I'm like, you know what, I'm not sure the dose of this medication or how to take it, but let me find out. And so I think, you know, being honest about that Mm -hmm. um, can be helpful too. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think I've ever like had an issue with that. Like if I had a provider say, you know, I'm not sure, but I'm going to find out. And, um, like that doesn't, I don't know. I think sometimes, um, it's hard to admit that we aren't that perfect or know it all. And it scares me when providers do feel like they know it all because like you're saying, like things are changing. It's impossible to know. And I would rather, you know, have that provider double check a medication or something instead of making, you know, an error because they were maybe too arrogant. Like you said, you know, just acknowledging your achievements and, you know, the things that um, you've done good in your life. And um, I have like an awesome list on my phone. And so I put like all of my achievements and, you know, things I'm proud of, um, things that I overcame throughout life. And so sometimes when I'm, you know, really struggling with that imposter syndrome or the negative thoughts, I'll look at that list. And I think that's, you know, just knowing yourself as a person, you know, just being more um, confident and, you know, just really being who you want to be and, you know, acknowledging everything that you have done. Oh, I love that. I'm going to put an awesome list in my phone today. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, that. it's kind of fun. And then like you look back, you know, and, and look at past things too. And you're like, oh yeah, like I'm awesome. Like, that's great. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) That's great. I, um, yes, I think that so many times we, that confidence aspect, I know for me, I struggle with that. And I looked up one time the etymology of confidence and it actually comes from the word to trust, Mm -hmm. which I think is so interesting where it is like trusting in yourself. Like you are enough, Mm -hmm. you know, enough. And you are awesome. Like, and there is so many things that 
you can and should be proud of. Mm -hmm. And if that's hard for you to say, then think of it from someone else's standpoint. How would a friend tell you you're awesome? Like how would um, uh, like a loved one tell you you're awesome? Or what about like putting yourself as the mom, like you're your child's mom. How would your child's mom tell you you're awesome? Mm-hmm. So just thinking of it in that perspective, yeah. I think can at least help with that confidence part. Or for me, that's can sometimes help. Yeah, we are. I mean, all of us way too critical on ourselves. And like you said, you know, would you ever say those negative thoughts or, you know, beliefs to a friend? And the answer is no, you know, so why do you say mm-hmm. those things to yourself? Uh, and again, it's those baby steps. It's mm-hmm. that practice, that exercise. Like you're not going to change overnight if you struggle with that, mm-hmm. but it's going to take time and you know, just concentrated effort. But if you just keep doing it one by one every day, just dedicating a few minutes every day, like you'll see it change over time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, now, Erica, um, we are running out of time here, but I want to make sure that we have all the information that we can um, contact you with, and also if there's anything else that you want to leave our listeners with. Now, we talked at the beginning about your website, which is, um, again, can you tell us how to access your website and also to access you on social media? Yeah. So I actually have the two different sites, uh, the burned out nurse practitioner. Okay. So, uh, burned out um, and I'm on social media, the burned out nurse practitioner. I have a Facebook group too, full of equally burned out mm. NPs, just ready, you know, to support one another. And then the other site is the nurse practitioner charting school. So NPchartingschool.com. Um, I'm on the social media, the nurse practitioner charting school as well. Awesome. That that's great. And I will put all of that in our show notes so our listeners can easily access that. And is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, if you are a nurse practitioner or even a mom or, you know, whatever, and you're you're struggling, you are not alone. Like, this is why Valerie and I do what we do. You know, there's so many other people that are struggling and there is support out there. You know, just ask for help. Don't be afraid um, to ask for that help because we would love to help you. Thank you so much, Erica, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah, thank you for having me.